Hey, hey, namaste, my fellow Marvelous Nerds. Welcome to another edition of Monday Musings. And keeping with tradition, we're going to be talking the miniseries House of X number four. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. I have not said it on every episode, but it must be repeated here because massive spoilers ensue throughout this. House of X number four picks up directly after House of X number three, which is a little unusual given this miniseries, but it does. And what we see is Cyclops and this team of X-Men that he's assembled trying to go take out the mother mold that is uh, about to come online uh, in space. It's uh, near the sun, actually, and uh, and they are afraid that this is the first uh, Nimrod, or this is when Nimrod comes online. So it's a, it's a huge mission. It's very important. And it has been deemed a suicide mission. Keep that in mind. So they go there, and this issue is now, without question, one of my favorite issues I've ever read. I'm I'm serious. Like I know I keep saying similar things to to this series, but this one for real is just so intense. The escalation is unparalleled, and the scenes are beautiful. So we all know that I've been name dropping Hickman, Jonathan Hickman, the writer of this. But I need to talk about Pepe Larraz and Marte Gracia, Clayton Cowles and Tom Mueller, who are the artist, color artist, letterer and designers on this, uh, respectively. Their work is phenomenal throughout this. And the graphic designs, the choices that they've used for the information that's conveyed uh, has been spectacular throughout. But in this particular issue... It is just, it's its unreal. I'm not kidding you. Like, So normally I'm all about reading digitally, but this series has broken me to where now I, I have to read this series uh, physically because it's just, the the digital doesn't convey how powerful, powerful these graphic choices are that they choose for the information. And some of the information that we get in this is the, um, the Genosha, genocide that took place the decimation that took place with wanda and how the mutant population has dwindled um and there's a whole lot of different things inside of it to to give you more detail on that but what uh, i love is the quote at the beginning from is this time is from xavier and it's just no more and it's actually letting you know the end of the book this is the the quote that charles is going to give at the end of the book and it's (coughs) excuse me sorry um, and it's just, it's very powerful, uh, like reading the book, knowing that this is the quote that to look out for, but it's unparalleled in power when you get to the end and you see why that quote is being used. So it's, it does echo back to the No More Mutants line from Wanda Maximoff back during House of M. It's just leaving off the mutants. So no more what? No more humans? I don't know. No more punishment? Whatever it may be, but like I said, the graphic designs for this, they're just unprecedented, in my opinion, as far as anything that I've seen in comics. So I cannot praise that enough, but I'm not going to go on and on and on and on about that. But I would like to add some other details about this story that that I just really haven't been able to stop thinking about. One of which is the whole dynamic between Wolverine and Nightcrawler. It shows that Hickman truly understands their past, their history, and it shows that Hickman is a huge fan of X-Men in general, which he's made statements of. So he really gets their relationship, and it was it was definitely uh, bittersweet and to, to read the pages at the end. So 
there are essentially four locks to Mother Mold holding it to the space station, and the X-Men are trying to um, basically detach those and let Mother Mold drift off into the sun. And so there's one that Mystique is supposed to get to, and she's unable to, and she gets sucked out into the vacuum of space. Well, we might touch on that here in a minute, but what uh, what ends up happening is there's one left, and the uh, Dr. Gregor has basically left that section of the, the spacecraft open to the vacuum of space, so you can't get there and press the button to detach it. And so there's one last chance. The, they have, the humans have decided to turn Mother Mold on, which is when they're expecting Nimrod to go active, and there's one last chance at this, and this last chance involves sacrifice, and that being Wolverine and Nightcrawler, and they're standing together, and they both know what's what's going to happen. Nightcrawler is going to have to teleport him out there. And Wolverine, as the sun is just eviscerating both of them, Wolverine's healing factor, they're hoping will be good enough to give him like two seconds, three seconds to slash and claw away at what's coupling Mother Mold to the space station and, and um, detach that fourth piece. And Wolverine basically asks Nightcrawler like, hey, like, where, where do you think I'm going to go at the end of this? I've done a lot of bad things. And Nightcrawler's like, hey, you're going to be with me. Like, when you wake up, you're going to see me. And it's just this beautiful moment between the two of them showing how deeply connected they are. And they're telling Cyclops uh, mentally, hey, you know, we've got a chance at this. We know it has to be done. And Pepe Varaz does a great job of showing the agony in this decision for Cyclops. There's three small little panels. And he's looking out the window, seeing them across the space station, knowing what has to be done. There's like a silent panel. And then there's one where he actually like has his hand up against the, pan- the, the window. And then when he finally decides like, you know, do it, he clenches his fist. So it's just a, it's a beautifully rendered showing the agony that comes with being the leader of this scenario and knowing that you're sacrificing two of your men. And then just the way that the scene happens and plays out is just unreal with Nightcrawler teleporting Wolverine there and then instantly burning alive and Wolverine beginning to, it's just phenomenal. So I can't praise the art direction in this enough, but outside of some of those things, what I actually want to give some praise to Hickman about is that this actually really mirrors Powers of Ten, issue three. So I didn't realize it at the time, but... It seems like Hickman has done a bit of foreshadowing in that in that issue with Apocalypse and his crew. So Apocalypse and his crew are trying to get the information of when Nimrod goes online, and they go on a what they call suicide mission. And it was interesting to me that it actually sounds very similar to the conversation with um, Cyclops in one of the previous issues where Xavier Magneto tells Cyclops, hey, we we're basically sending you on a suicide mission to, to stop Nimrod from coming online. And Cyclops is like, is it necessary? And they say, yeah, it is. And then he just says, then it will be done. And uh, there's a scene in Powers of 10-3 where, or actually it's Powers of 10-2, sorry, where Wolverine is talking to Apocalypse and he says like going in there and trying to get this information on Nimrod is a suicide mission. You understand that, right? And then Apocalypse goes on to basically said, we will go and take what we need. Then we will return. This is a promise whose guarantee is assured for I will lead you. 
So apocalypse here kind of echoes what Cyclops was saying, like it's it's going to happen, period. Like it's going to be done. And so then in Powers of Ten, issue three, Apocalypse and his team go, and it's very similar in the way that it's set up in, in this, House of X number four, in that the team consists of about six to seven people, and as soon as the mission starts, you're already two down. So in uh, Powers of Ten, those people would be um, Salabel and Percival. So those two were actually mutants that were already dead at the beginning of this mission, and in House of X number four, what you get is Husk and Archangel dying as soon as the mission starts, right from the end of House of X number three. So you're really left with about five to six on each, and there's four together uh, in one section. So you've got Priest, Zorn, um, Rasputin, and um, I believe there was one more. Uh, North, yeah, North was together with them fighting one of the Omega Sentinels in Powers of Ten. And then you have four X-Men here, Cyclops, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, and Mystique going to try and, and detach Nimrod while Monet and Jean hang out inside of the, the shuttle, which is kind of similar to Wolverine and Apocalypse being split off and going off on their own. What's interesting to note is that in Powers of Ten, the true leader, Apocalypse, actually goes forward with this mission, whereas uh, he actually gets you know on the ground for this mission, whereas in House of X the quote-unquote true leader behind it all, Xavier, doesn't get physically involved in it. So it might be showing us something about it not truly being Xavier. It might not be. But either way, it shows that Apocalypse is willing to sacrifice himself, whereas Charles Xavier, at least who we are supposed to believe is Charles Xavier, is not willing to do so. And then we also get a couple more parallels in the way in which some of the deaths happen. So we have Rasputin and Priest, die when Rasputin pulls off Zorn's mask and they're basically destroyed instantaneously from the black hole. We've got um, Priest, or sorry, Nightcrawler and Wolverine dying basically instantly as they teleport out into uh, space near the sun. So some parallels there, some interesting things there, but in the end, uh, you know, obviously the rest of the X-Men on this mission don't make it. Whereas in Powers of Ten, a few of them do. But it was cool to me to catch some of these parallels that he's been planning or these foreshadowing moments that he was planning previously just to go back and check those out. So I believe by the end of this, we're going to see a whole lot of that. But yeah, and, and as far as Mystique, I've got a... This is, this is my crackpot theory for this one. Um, did she take one of the, I think it was the Black Flowers, right? Of Krakoa that can let you teleport. So when she was sucked out into space, we didn't see her again. We didn't actually physically see her die. Did she take one of those, one of those uh, flowers, and did she, did she teleport back to Krakoa? I don't know. Maybe we'll see. But yeah, that's one of my crackpot theories. The other one is: Are we really, really seeing Charles Xavier here? So in Powers of Ten Two, um, Magneto uh, is approached by Moira and by Charles um, about them doing something. Tr- Truly revolutionary, right? And Magneto is like, okay, you want me to work with you? And Xavier's like, yes, mutants have to rise to their rightful place or the end of all of us occurs. And Magneto says something along the lines of like, okay, I'm going to work with you, but if you falter from this dream or this decision, then I'm going to hold you accountable. 
or I have no problem continuing it without you. So I wonder, are we really seeing the true Charles Xavier? And the reason I say that is we haven't seen Moira at all in any of the Krakoa stuff, right? So have Moira and Charles been off on their own while this fake Charles Xavier and Magneto have been running Krakoa with all of these pod X-Men, right? Maybe. I mean, it sure seems to me that something fishy is going on with this Charles Xavier, but we're not entirely sure what yet. And then on top of that, so with the pod stuff, are the X-Men that we saw die, was this before or after the opening scene in all of House of X, right? So House of X number one opens with the, the this Charles Xavier walking through a subsection of Krakoa and having these pods open. And then he says to me, my X-Men, and you see what looks like Jean and Cyclops. So was that before this or after this? Or is it even not a part of this? So are we seeing, like, is this one, this world that we're seeing, is this, you know, Moira's 10th life? Whereas the real answer to everything is going to be Moira's 11th life? I don't know. But uh, I'm starting to wonder if what we see here is what causes Charles to to use the pods. Um, I'm not totally sold on that. I've seen some people really digging into that one. I'm not personally huge on that one just for the fact that the people that have already been involved in this mission appear to be some type of altered form of their normal selves. And what I mean is during Matt Rosenberg's Uncanny X-Men, Cyclops loses an eye. This one, he has his eye right? Um, Wolverine has died previously, or at least, yeah, he died previously. And here he's like, I don't know what happens after death. Um, and then with Jean, she's wearing her old Marvel Girl costume. So clearly these don't necessarily seem like the X-Men that we have grown accustomed to in the 616. I could be wrong. But my, my thoughts are the ones that we witnessed die are ones that we saw from those pods in the beginning. And we will most likely get more of them considering the solicits for October are out and they have been out and we see all these people come back. So that's my take. I'm still leaning towards the opening scene in House of X predates what happens here, but some are leaning the other way. Um, But yeah, so these are just a few of the things that I've been thinking about since reading it and going back through. So this is the only comic series where I've actually read an issue then gone back to previous issues multiple times. I can't help but do that with this one because it really does feel like there are minute clues and details that Hickman has dropped inside of each of these issues that if you really break it down, you're going to be able to figure out what's happening. But most of us aren't going to be able to see those clues until the end. It's almost in a way like how um, religion views prophecy and that when prophecy happens, it's very vague and obscure. But once that event transpires, you can look back on that prophecy and say, oh, wow, that's what it meant all along. So very similar in that vein to that. I've ranted and raved about this enough, but I have a feeling next week is going to see more of this miniseries. But I promise you, once we get through this, I will start branching away from the X-Men series a little bit, at least, because I know there's a lot of other stuff out there in Marvel Comics that I would love to talk about. But right now, this is the one that is like on my mind almost all the time and I'm not exaggerating anyway we'll see you next time